I need to get a couple of things off my mind. I'm tired of seeing the repeat happen to so many people. Messed up, then faced it. Now, back at the beginning for another round at it. Didn't learn the first time, so you thought you would repeat it. You see, God gave his son so you wouldn't have to. Yet we give away more and more trying to find out who we are and what we are meant to be. No one said life would be easy. I never read the part in the Bible that said, get saved, live peachy. No pain, no disappointment. That's all lies. You see, it happens. Life happens. The pressure isn't there to push you away, but to draw you near. He is the light in this dark world and, and wants you to turn on the light. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he wants you to trust in him. But it's a choice. It's a daily, a daily choice. Every single day. Don't push the repeat button. And don't you even dare touch that stop. Last time I checked, you weren't a quitter, were you? John wrote so eloquently, then Jesus again spoke to them, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. God, light my world right. God, light my world, my job, my home, my husband, my wife. So today, today I push play. Not so I can relive the past, but so I can look ahead to all that God has for me. The next second, minute, hour, and day, living each moment as it is my last. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. And please, Lord, open my eyes so I can see the way as I push play. How's everybody doing? We good? Okay, so here's the deal. I feel like I haven't been in church in a long time because I was on sabbatical and then I came back. And I've only been back for a couple weeks and, and I just, I feel like there was like, there was an emptiness there. And, and so like today, this is, this is a good day. I feel, I feel good. I feel like back in, in, in where, where God has called us to be, me to be, and I love this. This is good. It feels good. This is going to have to go, though, because you're going to trip me up as I walk. It's not going to be good. Thank you. 
Um, okay, so I have, to, I have to say this, though, because I was on sabbatical for four weeks, ended up taking five weeks, um, four Sundays, five weeks, four Sundays. And, um, and, and I have to say this because it was crazy for me and Brittany. It was like the best experience ever, like uh, insane, um, had so much uh, together time and all that. But it was crazy to me because by week three of not coming to church, we had a routine. By week three. We had a routine. We had started a new habit. And if you know anything about habits, you know that it takes 21 days to start a new habit. Anybody know that? It takes 21 days to start a new habit. And by week three, we were coming in, and we, weren't at, we were not at 21 days yet. I do know how to do math. Um, but by week three, we started to get into a new routine. And Sunday mornings turned into a sleeping day and then head to Perkins. Had our normal seat, you know, with our normal peeps and, and homies. And, um, and it was crazy to me because by week four, week four was so normal for me to wake up on Sunday at whatever time I wanted to. We did whatever we wanted to, went wherever we wanted to, woke up in the morning and said, hey, let's do this today. It's an off day. We have nothing to do today. Why not? And I thought, how crazy is it that within four weeks, I started a new habit. By the week five, when I came back to church on week five, getting up at 5.30 to come to church, it was so weird, and I almost forgot to set my alarm Saturday night because it was not a routine for me anymore. We're talking five weeks. Five weeks. I started a whole new habit, a whole new way of life, and church was eliminated from it. I knew nothing that was going on in the church because I was not a part of staff meetings. I wasn't a part of uh, weekly announcements other than watching online. And I started to think, how many of us get into a routine in life that is a routine that we get normal with and we start missing out on the most important things that God's called us to be a part of, and yet we make routine of life and so we miss out on God? And I'm telling you, it messed me up because I came week five and I came here and I was like, dang, dude, that was so crazy. Like, it feels so weird to be back in church. Because church is life. I mean, ever since I was born, is pew every Sunday. Thank God we got chairs finally. But if it's not routine for you, if every Sunday is not routine for you, can I push you today? to make it routine, because I can tell you we got nothing accomplished for God on those Sundays, and being in this house gets you ready for what you're going to do that week. I, I promise you that. If you're in this house, you're getting equipped and ready for all that God's calling you to head into. And so watch the routines. Watch the habits that you place in your life, because they will affect where you end up. And you have to be wise on the choices that you make and the places that you go and the areas of life that you head into. Amen? Sorry, I had to start there. I had to start there because it was, it was such a, a crazy thing for me, and I thought, hmm, that is pretty, pretty nuts. Uh, today I want to I wanna read from uh, Psalm 27. Is everybody tracking with me today? Are we okay? Are we all right? It's not actually Psalm 27. It's Psalm 28, verse 7. It says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. Does anybody in here, you, does anybody sing? You, you sing, you like to sing? 
Any, do we have any shower singers in the room? Any shower singers? You like to sing in the shower because it's the only place that sounds good? I get it. Uh, I, have, I have two children right now, one on the way. I will have a child, uh, a third child this next week. I'm headed into three ch- children. Let's go. So excited. Brittany's excited. I think, I think we're all excited um, uh, just to bring this thing into uh, fruition. Let this thing happen. Um, but, but I have two children right now, and uh, London, she's a singer. She sings from morning till night. Uh, she will sing about anything and everything, uh, secular or Christian, doesn't matter. She, she's going to sing it. Um, and, 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 and Roman, he cannot, he, he can't hold a tune. It's, it's really funny. And the only songs that he sings are about the truck pool and about uh, bike night. <laughs> um, it's, it's really funny. And that was two things. It was, it was kind of funny because he always like just kind of hums and never really has a song. And on sabbatical, I took him to a truck pool and I took him to bike night at hers. And those are the two things now we have to pray for after every prayer, whether it be for food or nighttime or if we're even praying for someone that's in an ambulance. At the end of it, we have to pray for a truck pool and for the bike night. And, uh, and now he started singing songs about the truck pool and bike night. And it's, it's funny because it's not really a song to me because it really has no tune. He just kind of like, truck pool. Drop pool by nine, by nine, drop pool by nine, drop pool. Like, there's like, there's no rhyme or reason for the song. It doesn't really make sense. We don't know why we're saying truck pool bike night. Like, it doesn't, there's no rhyme or reason. But London, she's full of song. She's full of song. But, but can I tell you something? When Roman is, is doing whatever he's doing in that, to him, he's singing. It's a song to him. He's singing about the truck pool. He had a blast at the truck pool. He loved the truck pool, so he's going to sing about it. He had a blast at the bike night, so he's going to sing about the bike night. It's a song to him. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter how you sing or how good you sing. God says the song doesn't have to come out of your mouth. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. And so when that song is in your heart and you live, you live out what's in your heart, you're living the, the life that Jesus has called you to. And, and to me, whenever I have a song in my heart, and right now it's, it's Rise Up, I've literally listened to Rise Up like 300 times. So out of that 1,000 times, Landon, I'm so sorry, but 300 of it was me. So we really only have 700 hits on Fireplace Spotify. <laughs> I apologize. Um, but so good. Um, so like I, I have that song on repeat right now, and I love, I love listening to it because, because my kids love listening to it. And this morning... I was on my way to church, and London's in the back, and I was like, yo, let's listen to Rise Up. So we started listening to it, and she starts belting it out. And London does this thing where she, like, fluctuates from, like, high octave to low octave, and she'll go back to high octave and then back to low octave. And she's like, rise up! Ah!" And she can't really hit it, so then she drops right down to London. She's on your feet. And then she'll wait for the next one to come in, and she goes right back into the high octave and low octave. And I love sitting there, and I love listening to my kids sing this song because it talks about rising up. And, 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 and so I love like implanting songs in my children that when they sing it, it will give them life. And I wonder how many of us are sitting in this room today that are singing songs that aren't giving us life. Because we're singing songs like, I came in like a wrecking ball. I just, I wonder how many of us are are sitting in this room with songs in our hearts that are doing no good for you or for the people around you. And I wonder if we changed that, and I wonder if we started putting the right things in, if we would get the right things out. 
God's, God's calling us right now to, to go to a new level. God's calling us right now to step up and step out into a new area of life that maybe you're uncomfortable with. But right now, if you don't base your life on the right things, you will not get the right things out of it. And this is, this is fully surrounded with uh, the people you hang out with, uh, the things that you do, the things that you surround your time with. Um, everything has effect on the song that's in your heart. And so if you do not have the right things in your life, you will not get the right things from your life. And so can I just challenge you today that the, the song that's in your heart um, would become a song that God has put there, not a song that you chose to put there? And let God start to speak through you instead of you having to speak to God every day about all the problems that you're going through and everything that you're dealing with. Instead, you can say, God, I thank you. I thank you for the song. Because the song that you've given me has inspired me to do things that I've never done before. It's inspired me to go places I've never gone before. It's inspired me to open this up and say things that I've never said before. Thank you for the song that you've placed in my heart. God wants to do something today in you if you'll let him. Jesus, we love you. And right now, God, I just pray that every heart would be open to receive of who you are. Lord, I pray that you would start to tear down some walls that have been built up over the years so that today they could receive. We love you and we thank you for all that you are in your wonderful name and everybody said. Amen. Today, I've entitled my talk, my sermon, You Can Have My Hair. You can have my hair. You, you, you can have my hair. Everybody say that. Say, you can have my hair. Uh, who do you think we're going to be talking about in the Bible today? Oh, yeah, Samson, that's right. I want to talk about Samson today because I, I believe, and, and my mind was kind of blown because I've always looked at Samson uh, in a different way than I look at him now. Um, I still respect him and, and you know, love the character because God had such a call in his life. But I kind of look at him different now after doing like a really deep study on him because I never knew, um, you know, I, I grew up on uh, Bible films. My parents, you know, they got the Bible cartoons and uh, the little, the little uh, cartoon characters would go back in Bible times and revisit like all the stories and whatnot. And uh, they would get eaten by the whale with Jonah and have to like figure it out with Jonah and all these things. So I was messed up in the brain because I thought those cartoons characters were really a part of the Bible. They ain't. Um, so anyway, so I grew up on those films, and I always looked at Samson as like this like hero. He went in, and he won battles, and did all that thing. But I, I figured out over studying that most of the battles that, that Samson was in, he actually caused. I didn't know this until I started studying. You see, when you study things, you, you, you learn it's really cool. It's awesome. Okay, but, but I love this. I love this because, and I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you because I, I, I believe that transparency is the way that you're going to learn by learning from where I've been and where I've come to. And so please, please understand, um, I was raised in a pastor's home, okay? I was surrounded with the Bible. I was in church four to five nights a week, okay? We did Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, we'd travel to the next one. Saturday, we'd set up. We'd go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, repeat, okay? I lived in church. I lived around sermons. I lived around the Bible. I lived 
<laughs> I lived the Bible, okay? Like, it was like Im- embedded in me. And maybe some of you are sitting here today and that wasn't your growing up, okay? Maybe you grew up in a different area of, of, of thinking and all that stuff. But I just want to let you know, like, I was surrounded by the word and this surprised me, okay? So wherever you're at in life, please continue to learn. Don't stop. Because I thought I knew all about Samson. I had no clue. Yeah, I knew all the stories that he went through, but I had no clue that he was actually the cause of most of them, and he was just beating his way out of his problems. So Samson, he's a cool guy. I mean, he's jacked out of his mind. He is someone that I will never be. Huge, okay? He's huge. Um, Samson is just dope. So this guy, he's, he's, he's incredible because as, as a child, God called him and gave him, gave him a call in his life that was special. And remember he told him, you know, you can't cut your hair. Watch what you eat. Okay, we remember all this. But, but Samson, he tested a lot. He did a lot of things that were like, he, he pushed buttons, he was Roman. He just liked to, to push buttons. Roman loves to push buttons. He knows what gets you, and he knows he's... Roman, we, the word that we put on Roman, we don't ever say it. He's just B-A-D. We just, we spell it. We just spell it because we don't want him to think, you know, we're, we're saying, we're just like, you are just so B-A-D. Because he just has something inside of him that he just, oh, he's going to do it. Problem is, he's so dang cute, you, you just... You love him to death while he's being B.A.D. Samson had the same mentality. He liked, he liked to push, push buttons. And I want to read today. Anybody okay with just reading through? Because I feel like I was, I was just going to chop it up. And I felt like, you know what, I just need to read it through so that those that are here that really maybe don't understand the story of Samson, let me just give you a nugget. I'm just going to read Judges 16. I'm going to read 1 through 31. Now, listen, I know science, and science has proven that you have the attention span of double your age, okay? So don't try to get out of here with, like, snoozing, okay? So, and I know a lot of you are old, so I got at least an hour, okay? You got a whole hour with me before I start looking up at the ceiling. So let's just, let's just, I know, okay? I've done studies. We're going to go Judges, chapter 16, 1 through 31. Luke, you paying attention? You're dosing off. Don't, Don't doze off on me. Okay, here we go. We're going into to verse 1. It says, One day Samson went to Gaza where he, was, he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying, At dawn, we'll kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up took hold of the doors of the city gate together with two posts and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see, if you can lure him into showing us the secret of his great strength, and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. That's a lot of money. So Delilah, 
I'm not going to do it again. I can't. Said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, if anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. The men hid in the room. She called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. Okay, now right here, like, wouldn't you just, like, just know, like, you're around bad company? <laughs> like, is this weird to anybody else? Like, I, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupt, corrupts. Maybe he hadn't read the word yet. Because it's pretty simple to me to know that, like, uh, a Delilah, like, why? Like, <laughs> really? Like, I've never woken up in nine years of marriage with, like, my feet bound and my hands bound. I've been like, hey, babe, what's this? <laughs> like, ain't nobody hiding in my closet, at least I think. Like, does anybody else, like, or do you think, like, Samson, are you really stupid? Like, really? So, so. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. Round two, idiot. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Duh. Then, with the men (laughs) hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off with his arms and they were, uh, but he snapped the ropes off his arms as they were threads. Delilah then said to Samson, All this time you have been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. Oh, dude, she's trouble. She's trouble. And the problem is a lot of guys nowadays are with girls just like this, and they don't understand it. Brittany loves Lifetime movies. We don't even call it Lifetime in our house. We call it Brit Time. Brittany loves a good Lifetime video. I mean, like, I can, I can wake up in the middle of the night, and literally, she, it's like 1 a.m., and she's like, got a tear streaming down her face. She's like, this is so good. Or we'll wake up the next day, and she's like, babe, you'll never, you'll never believe what I watched last night. I was like, let me guess, Lifetime. Yes. And let me just tell you about it. I'm like, I can already tell you what it is. There was a guy. He was married to a woman. Another woman came in and seduced him. He went with her, killed his wife. And they all lived happily ever after. She's like, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> like, I know. Trust me. I get it. Um, yeah. I hate those moments though, when I'm watching those movies because, like, the bad guy always drops the gun, and the good guy never goes and grabs the gun. They just try to get away. Grab the gun, shoot the bad guy, then run. <laughs> like, who's writing these films? It's so frustrating. Oh, kills me. Ooh. He replied, if you, were the seven, if, if you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with the pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, come on, wove them into the fabric and tightened it with a pin. Again, she called to him, Samson, at least use a different line. Like really the same line every night? We're three in a row. 
Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and pulled up the pin and the loom with the fabric. Then, then she said to him, how can you say I love you? He looked back at her and said, yo, woman, you crazy. That's what I would have said. When you won't confide in me, this is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. Man, how many of us have been there? Not with your spouse. How many of you have been there with the enemy? Just poking. You can't do that. You'll never amount to anything. Don't you remember what you did? Don't you remember who your parents are? Your heritage is awful. You really think you're going to amount to something? The enemy just continues to poke, prod. So through the pressure, he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with the bronze shackles. They set him to grinding grain in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. I just want to stop right here and, and focus here for one second in, on verse 21 because I feel like it's such a great description of how sin works. Seized him. You feel taken advantage of by the enemy. Now, you feel it taken advantage of, but yet you gave in to the enemy's schemes. But don't you feel adva taken advantage of? Number two, they gouged out his eyes. You lose sight of all everything. You're calling what God's laid on your heart. You go blind to everything that God has called you to. They took him down to Gaza, binding him with the bronze shackles. You feel bound. And they set him to grinding grain. You feel like you continue to make circles. The grinding grain wheel they put him on. He just walked circles, pushing the wheel, grinding the grain. This is exactly how you feel when you're stuck in a sinful circle. You can't see anything, and you can't get out of it because it's continuous. And guess what? Grinding grain ain't easy. It's hard work. And when you're living in sin, it's a hard life. 
It's continuous pressure. There ain't no lightness. It's called baggage. It starts to get heavy after a while. It's like showing up at the airport with 12 bags. Not easy. I feel like it's such a good description of the way that sin works in our life. Start of verse 22. One word. What does it say? We weren't allowed to say that word growing up. You all just said it. But. 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 Why would he say but? Why, 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 would, why even put that in there? Why, why, why put the word but? Dr. Phil says if you say the word but, you didn't mean anything that you just said. If you're in an argument with your spouse and you say the word but, everything you just said gets eliminated. So are you saying that there's hope? But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Did you know that when you shave your head, the hair follicles are still in your scalp? <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like, they're still in there. So when you shave it, it's going to come back, right? All the men understand this with your back. You shave your back, you know, a couple weeks later, it's there again. Get that? You understand that? <laughs> but, but, even though you messed up, but, <laughs> even though you think you can't, but, but God, but God. And once God steps in, now, see, I'd like, to, I'd like to point out here just, just for a second for all of you that are sitting here, maybe with, with a past that has been really hard and you've been going through some stuff. Let me just help you to understand. It wasn't easy for Samson because when you mess up, there's consequences. Okay? Let's just go here for a second. Let's just clear the air. Um, you, can't, you can't just mess up and not have consequences. Uh, my parents and Brittany's parents, very funny, uh, always told us growing up that if you ever go to jail, don't you dare waste your first and only call on me because I ain't coming and rescuing you. When you mess up, there's consequences for your actions. And so if you choose that life, there will be consequences. But I love the fact that God never got rid of his promise on Samson's life. Samson messed up time after time after time and God kept continuing to be there for him because God promised him that there was a special call in his life, and there was. And even through mess up, even through pain, even through killing thousands and thousands of people, God said, I'm not going to leave you. I promised you. I promised you I would be there with you, and you have a call in your life, and we're going to walk through this thing together. Is it going to be easy? No. The choices that you've made have been really stupid, Samson. So now you're going to have to get your eyes gouged out. You have to grind some grain but I promise you I still haven't left you. Everybody understand? We get it? Okay, let's, let's read on. Verse 23. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, 
and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste uh, to our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached out toward the two central pillars on, the, on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. You can have my hair. Then his brother and his father's whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Eshtal in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had led Israel 20 years. He wanted revenge on gouging out the eyes, but I love this, that he looked at the guard, and he, that he said to the guard, he couldn't look at him, he said to the guard, take me in between the pillars so that I can feel them. Now, I understand he was trying to get there so that he could push them down, but I love the fact that even though he had been stripped of his sight, he had not been stripped of feeling. He couldn't see anything anymore, but it doesn't mean that he couldn't feel things anymore. And I, I, wonder, I wonder how many of us are sitting in this room, you've been stripped of your sight. You've been stripped of everything that, that, that you used to have. And, and maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, you know what, Isaiah, I can't see anything, but I can still feel stuff. And, and, it, and it hurts. Uh, the, the pain is, is so, so hard. The pain is so heavy. And God says today, listen, listen, if you'll get yourself into a position where you want revenge on the enemy, I can use you. As long as you'll just position yourself between the pillars, ready to do all that I've called you to, and just give me all of you, give me all your strength, I can restore what has been taken away. Now, Samson, his end result was death. Samson ended up giving his life for this, but he had gotten himself so far in, that was his end result. And I wonder today how many of us are sitting in here and how close you are to where Samson was. It's a heavy question because I wonder how many of us are living in this place blind and in pain because of everything that we've been through in life. Everything that you've walked through, everything that you've, you've touched, everything that you've gone through, all the family issues, all the, the, the addictions and stuff that you've been dealing with. I wonder, I wonder if you're sitting here today in so much pain that you can't see forward 
And all you need is one last breath to say, God, just strengthen me one more time. One more time. I just need one more time. Because if you'll just give me that one more time, God, I'll do so much with it. We were at the pool, and Roman wears floaties still, and, and uh, he's getting definitely more daring. And uh, one day, I took off his floaties, and I was like, Romy, let's just practice, like, just swimming. So he starts jumping in off the side of the pool uh, constantly into my arms or whatever. And then we started to, you know, let him jump in, and he'd go under the water and swim to me a little bit, and I'd pick him up and, you know, Oh, that was fun. Okay, you know, back out and we do it again. And, and, and about 30 minutes into this, Roman started to get a little bold. And, uh, and he started to run. <laughs> he would run away, like, without me and just jump in. So then I would have to swim down to where he was as he was sinking to the bottom and grab him and bring him to the top. And, and he kept doing this. And I'm like, Roman! Go run around the pool, just jump to daddy. And he would just run, and he's like, oh! And then literally, when he would hit the water, he would just start to sink. He didn't know how to swim. And he would just start to swing. And I could see him when I'd come up, he'd just be looking for me. And then, you know, I'd grab him, pull him up, and then, you know, we'd go to the other side, and he'd just run. He's like, dad, dad. I'm like, no, I'm down here. Don't jump. And he's like, I'm like, no, Roman, stop doing that. And, and literally about 20 minutes into it, I'm like, babe, I'm getting cramps from having to chase him everywhere as he's jumping in. Throw his floaties back on. But I, I thought right in that moment, literally, I'm, I'm sitting there and I thought, how many of us are just like that? That, that here, here's the thing. We're so bound by, by, by floaties, okay? We're so bound by floaties, so bound by floaties. And the moment that they're taken off, you feel free. And the thing that Roman had no fear of is that he knew no matter where he jumped in that pool that I was going to save him. He just knew it. He knew that he could jump in, in a leap of faith no matter where he was, deep in, shallow in, side, other side. If I was down on the shallow end, he knew somehow, some way that I would make my way down to the deep end to catch him. How did he know this? I don't know. He had a lot of faith in me. But he knew it. And so he didn't fear drowning because he knew that I would save him from it. And I wonder how many of you in this room today need to hear that, that, you know what, God's going to be there for you no matter where you're at in life, no matter what jump you're, you're taking. The, God's called you to a leap of faith. You need to do it because he's not going to let you drown. He would never let you drown. And God's going to be there for you no matter where you're at. And so go ahead and take the leap. Go ahead and separate yourself. You got to get away from the bad company. You got to get away from all that, that yuck so that you're not pulled into that direction to be able to, to have that life that aligns with all this Sin. Stop surrounding yourself with that so you can start to align yourself with him. And when you do that, it becomes so easy to jump in to wherever and whatever God's calling you to. God's going to be there. He would never let you drown. Ever. My God's not a God that lets you fail. If God's called you to it, he will see you through it. He will never let you fail, ever. So if God's called you to it, do it. Uh, the, the power, the, the power that God gave Samson, 
Did you know the power was never in the hair? It was never in Samson's hair. His hair didn't hold a magic potion like Tangled, a Rapunzel, okay? It didn't light gold whenever he would sing. Oh, sweet hair of mine on my head. Light so I can take this army out. Uh, the, the hair that, that Samson had, yes, it was luscious locks, okay? It was beautiful. And God had placed a promise on it. But the power was not in it, okay? And, and you need to hear this. You need to hear this because some of you, this is, this is going to be everything. You, I'm, you're waking back up now from your little nap. So let me just go here and I'll help you out to leave. I have three minutes. The power was never in the hair. The power was always in God. But the power that God gave Samson was in the promise, and the promise stayed in obedience. So the power was in the hair with obedience, but the power was stripped from it when God left it in disobedience. So the moment that you have obedience, you have God right there by your side. The moment that you're living in disobedience, God never leaves you, but he will step back away from you. If your parents never let you mess up, you would never learn. There are so many times where I will let Roman get hurt, I will let London get hurt in a small way so that they will learn that, ow, that hurt. Yeah, it did. That comes with that. It's called pain. And if you touch a hot stove, I never let my kid touch a hot stove, okay? But if you touch a hot stove, it will burn. It'll burn. The way that I taught my son and daughter how to touch a, uh, not to touch a hot skillet, when I first turned it on and started to get warm, I said, do you feel that? Do you feel it? Go ahead, touch it. Feel it. See, it's just warm. Do you feel that? Do you feel it getting hotter? You feel that? Okay, now don't touch it anymore because it's getting so hot that if you touch it, you're going to burn. Oh, <laughs> I get it. You have to teach through. And God wants to teach you some things today. He wants to teach you that the power is not here. The power is not in your hair. God gave you the power, and he gave you some guidelines to live by, and when you don't live by those guidelines, you don't get the power that comes with the guidelines. So if you want to live in disobedience, go ahead, live in disobedience, but you're not going to get the promises that God has promised you. And disobedience is so easy to step into. Can I just get a show of hands who's lived disobedient just once in your life? Um, my hand is high. Okay, God's called me to stuff that I've bailed from. I've, I've lived in stuff that I didn't want to live in. I had thoughts that I didn't want to have. I'm telling you this. If you will get your obedience in line, God can honor you and pour out the promises that he had on you from birth. He had that promise on Samson from birth. And he has the same on you. Can we all stand up today? Please, as we're closing this thing out. Last thing I want to talk about, and I feel like this is going to really hit home, and, and please understand, uh, if you are a parent in the room, I am not trying to tick you off. I am not making fun of you. Okay, I'm going to make fun of you a little bit. If you're a parent in the room and you do this, oh man, write the emails to my dad, because this is not going to be pretty. But I have to go here, because this was literally from God, and I, I felt 
so prompted to put this in here, and so I'm just going to say it. So don't get ticked at me. Get ticked at God. God is not a backpack leash God. Ooh, no, I'm so sorry. Uh, you don't know what a backpack leash is. Uh, go ahead. Let's, let's look at some photos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really doing a lot, isn't it? Go ahead and give me the last one. This is my favorite one because it's, it's, it's Star Wars made, made from the beautiful picture at the airport. Love this. God will never be this for you. God never puts you on a leash. Uh, we were at the zoo this last week, and there was a dad walking around with his, with his son uh, on a backpack leash, and it, like, it stormed my mind. And I was like, wow! God, you've never done that to me. You've never leashed me. Ever. They actually did a whole study. Um, they did a whole study. They sent a mom out with her kids on leashes, and she tied them up on the pole outside the store, went in, and like all these moms are calling 911 on her. And uh, she's, walking, she's walking the dog. She's holding the dog and walking the kids. She, they did this whole study. It's phenomenal. It's hysterical, phenomenal, crazy, weird. Because there's a lot of parents that live like this. They live, you know, the easy life. And so they did this whole experiment, whatever. And I, I thought, how cool is it that my God at the beginning of all chose to give me free will and said, listen, if you want to get yourself into danger, that's going to be on you. But I've went ahead and set up everything for you so that you could follow my rules, follow my plans for your life, and you can have success. If you choose not to, if you want to run out in the street when a car is coming by, that's on you. I can only do so much. I'm here for you when you want to obey me. But I will never leash you. I will never hold you back from what you really want. So if sin's what you want, it hurts me as a father. I never want to see my children hurt. I never want to see my children in pain. But I know that if I restrict you, you will never be what you're supposed to be. And so I'm going to choose right now to give you free will. And I'm going to pray that you choose to follow me. And I'm going to go ahead and take it a next step further. And I'm going to go ahead and get on a cross. I'm going to shed my blood for you because that's how much I believe in you. That's how much I know your worth. Your worth to me is so expensive. And if you want to choose at the end of the day to leave my side, I'm not okay with it, but I will allow it. But please know, I will always be here when you want to come home. I will always be here. When you want to be free from the weight of this world, when you want to be free of all that stress that comes along with all of that stuff, I'll be here. God wants that for you today. If we could just across the room, close your eyes.
God's doing something right now. He's working on some people that have lived in a routine and he's, he's, he's messing that routine up right now. He's shifting the, the streets that you've been walking down. He's pulling things that you've placed in your bag that you've been carrying around. He's pulling them out right now and giving you freedom from the weight. Devil, you can have my hair, but you cannot have my heart. Yeah, I might have messed up, but I'm back. And I read the part of the Bible where it said, but, because the hair grows from the inside out and God is on the inside. And today I make a stand to stand up against the devil's schemes, to stand against all the enemy wants to do to me and against me. And today I choose to stand by the Father. Today I choose to stand up and to step out and to say, God, lead and guide me. Because today I choose to push play. Not repeat, not what I've done, not where I've been, but I choose you today. Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done. I feel like we need to open up these altars just for a moment for you of, in this room that need to make a declaration to God. You need to say, God, the past is done. It's over. I'm putting a period on it. It's done. I need to make a stand for what I'm headed into. I'm, I'm not going to push repeat anymore. I'm not going back, but I want to push play for where it is ahead. Devil, you can have my hair. I'm done with that season. I don't want to live there anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I am here and now for this season. And God, take me to new places. If that's you, I want you to come up to these altars today. If that's for you, you say, this is me. This is now. This is where I'm headed. God, you have a call on my life. I won't let anything hold that back. And from the beginning of time, Lord, when I was even thought of, you had a call on my life. Come on, there's a few in this room. God's calling you. He's pushing you. He's saying, hey, step out in faith. I'm going to do the rest. If you'll just step out in faith, I'm going to do the rest. Beautiful. I love it. Come on. I'm done. I'm done. You just, you gotta, you just gotta get there. You say, I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. It's good. It's good. It's good. God's doing something. He's doing something in you right now. He's, he's starting to fire something deep. The old is gone. It's done. It's washed away. It's, it's the past. And today we're starting anew. Come on. It's good. There's a few more. I'm not, I'm not going to move on. There's a few more. God's saying, wait, there's a few more. So I'll wait. You just build up the boldness. Come on, God's doing it in you. He's starting. He's saying, hey, listen, be done with it. Be done with it. Come on. It's good. Step out. Step out. God's calling you to it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Mm. Thank you, Jesus.
every person up here should have someone praying with them. So if they don't, if you're in the audience and you believe in prayer hardcore, you need to be up here praying for these. Come on. They're starting a new season. That period has been placed. The future is bright. <laughs> it's here and now. Come on. The hair might have been shaved, but today the regrowth has started. And today a new season has started. Today's it. Today's it. Today's it. God's doing something in your life. Today's it. He's starting it. You can start to feel it down deep inside. He's starting it inside of you right now. Just let him do his thing. He's just cleaning house right now. Let him come in and just clean house right now. He's coming in and doing something special down deep inside. Bringing his bulldozer in and cleaning up. Cleaning up what the enemy has caused for so long. He's just cleaning it up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> this is exciting. This is exciting. Okay. This is this is like super exciting. Like like really, really exciting. Like like I'm really excited. Because here's the thing. Where you were is where you were. It's pretty simple. But where you're headed, you have not been yet. Where you're headed, you have not been yet because God's going to start to do things in you and start to pull back the layers that have been placed over your eyes so that you can start to see clearly. He's going to start to strip the weight that you've had on your back for so long that you're going to be able to actually stand up straight. He's actually going to, and my grandma always uh, taught us as kids to have good posture. And she said, just, just imagine a string tied to your back and just imagine just holding it up. Okay, grandma. You, know, you, just, you always just got to agree. But can you just imagine God just tying a string on your back saying, hey, look at this. I'm restoring your posture back. I'm restoring your posture. You've been downcast, oh, my soul for so long. I'm going to restore your posture. You're going to be able to stand in the middle of two pillars and push with all your might. And God's going to God's going to pour through your body and reignite your strength like that. And let me tell you something. You're stepping into something new, something fresh. And God is going to do things in your life that are going to blow your mind. Let's pray real quick because I, I want to pray that God takes you from here and starts to lead and guide you to there. Wherever you're headed, whatever God's promised, whatever, whatever that is, I want to pray that that, that walking process is, is, is easy for you to be able to follow. And, and, and as, as you get this, you see, you see this, this is where it all starts, and this is where it all ends, right here. And so if you don't have this in your life, you'll never have change. Because you have to have this. Because this is connected to him. 
Let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now. Lord, I pray for every person that stepped out today. God, I pray that you would give them strength in a new sense, Lord, today. I pray that you would restore what the canker worm has eaten away, Lord. I pray that today, Lord, that you would do things in these lives, Lord, that they have never experienced, never seen before. God, I pray that you would restore everything that has been eaten away over the years, Lord, by by bad choices, by things that have taken them astray. God, I pray that you would restore it today in Jesus' name. I pray that you would start to raise them up in a new light, Lord God, where you can use them in new ways. Today, I pray, Lord God, that today would be a new start for them today, Jesus. I pray that they would have new eyes today, new ears, Lord God, a new heart today, Jesus. I pray that you would transform them in a way, Lord, that they have never experienced before, Jesus. I pray that you would inspire them with new dreams, new visions to be able to see things and hear things that they've never seen or heard before. Today, God, it's your day, and we choose today, Lord God, to push play on our future. We choose it today, Lord. You're an incredible God. And today you can and you have done and delivered. And we thank you for that. I pray that you would go with us, Jesus. Strengthen us for the battle ahead. As we get in position, take us to where we need to go. In your wonderful name.